only film that we have planned to talk about is Oh my god, your mic's not on. Oh my god. Hi. Okay, so no one... Okay. Good thing we started recording now. Wait, let's pretend like we're starting the show over again. Um... Bijou Banter, Nate Corey, last show of the semester. We're recording this time, and your mics are on, and my mic is on. Hooray. Yay. Um, yeah, so I'm Molly, because you could not hear that before, I guess. Um, and this episode is pretty free. Pretty relaxed. Free-spirited, relaxed. Uh, as Nate said before, call in if you want us to talk about anything. Yes, I'm gonna, going to repeat it, since my mic may have been off. If you have any hot take your mic is super quiet, Sam. Is it on? I can barely hear my. It's on, but I don't think it's working. You might have to switch mics. Because oh, yeah, I don't. I barely hear you. Mm-hmm. So the the number is three one nine three three five eight nine seven zero. Call in. This light will flash. We will answer it, and we will chat with you on the air about any subject you want. Except that one. Let's get things started. What do you want to talk All about, right. Molly? Uh, first, I'd, I'd like to start with our discussion about Ladybird because it's the mm. only film that we have planned to talk about. And it is my favorite film of the year. It being the end of the year, and it being my favorite film that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but you never know. There could be something that could. That's, tr- that's true. If, if usurp I, maybe if I see uh, "Call Me by Your Name" before the year is out. Yeah. It'll... Hey, no, I can hear myself. Yeah, there you are. Um, hip hip. Hooray. <laughs> right. uh, hey, you never know, Molly. Maybe Dunkirk will be your favorite. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> doubtful that I'll see it before the end of the year. Doubtful that it'll. Or if you so, see endless poetry again, maybe. That is even more. Second time's a charm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lady Bird, 2017 film by Greta Gerwig, uh, basically about a high school girl going through her senior year at an all-girls Catholic school, and kind of centers around various relationships in her life. Her relationship to her mom being the predominant one that the film really focuses on, but also her relationship to her hometown of Sacramento. Her relationship to friends, her relationship to uh, romantic interests, and her rom- and ultimately, to her God. relationship to herself. Oh, <laughs> and it's like semi semi autobiographical too, which is kind of right. little bit little, little bits and right. pieces are based well, off of Greta Gerwig's life, so it's just kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what's interesting is that in interviews I've seen with Greta Gerwig, when she talks about this, she says like. It's not autobiographical in the in that Greta Gerwig was not like Ladybird. She didn't write the character of Ladybird off, but like of, some off situations of her. Or, but yeah. yeah, I mean, and but also I would venture to say that this like she film, went to Catholic high school. And yeah, yeah, like... yeah. I would venture to say that this film is kind of autobiographical of like almost all adolescent teenage girls who have similar relation. I mean, maybe not almost all, but I mean, it certainly felt autobiographical when I was watching it. And everyone, almost a lot, a lot of people that I've talked to, um, that are of my demographic, <laughs> agree that it is so real. Right. I, I think it's a super specific um, milieu, <laughs> as as the film critics say. Um, so I, I don't I don't know if like that generalization is really true, but it definitely seems to be true. It definitely seems to be an accurate and detailed portrayal of this specific um, right. world. Right. So. Yeah, I, I, this is, as I said, this is my favorite film of this year, and I, I don't think there's anything I would change about it. There's not really anything in the film that I wanted to be different. It got so much about the mother-daughter relationship right. It got so much about what it's like to be a teenage girl right. 
And one thing I really appreciate is that it is about a teenage girl, but it's not patronizing in a lot of ways. Because a lot of films that show teenage girls, who, you know, have big dreams to go to New York City, it's really patronizing. It kind of shows them as these um, naive or stupid or just fanatical um, beings. But Lady Bird's not that way. She's she's intelligent. She's smart. She has, She's great. Any other... Yeah, this this could have been so easily a rehash or a sitcom type. Yeah, it's a mainstream comedy of coming of age, story right? That we've but, seen over and over again. But it's just pitched at the perfect tone, and the characters are detailed and real, and they have multiple sides to them. And sometimes you you have no one to side with really, because um, Lady Bird can be awful to her mom, and her mom can be awful to Lady Bird, and. Everybody in the movie has their own little flaw, their own flaws and their own struggles, and um, it's just—it's amazing how many characters you you get to know even through just one scene. Like the um, the the pastor in the movie, mm-hmm. he's only in the background of one scene, and then he gets one short scene. But mm-hmm. just a character like that throwing throwing it in there adds so much. Right. Right. Pastor, yeah, I say the pastor a lot. A lot of the teachers, too, the nuns mm-hmm. are really good. Um, kind of bits and pieces there of each character. And and also Lady Bird's friends, too. You get, you get little kind of nooks and crannies of, of their kind of characters, too. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I really, really enjoyed this film. I thought it was hilarious. I died laughing. Um, and I actually just saw Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which was one of my highly anticipated movies of the year that I really want to see. And I thought, I mean, I'm a huge Martin McDonough fan, and he's hilarious, too. And I actually thought this was way funnier than Three Billboards, just because just the laugh out loud humor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe that's different because I mean we're all kind of coming of age, twenty kind of same year, three year period, and that Ebbing, Missouri is a different kind of story. But I don't know. I really, really, really enjoyed this film a lot, and I think it spoke to it speaks to everybody. I think it speaks to parents, it speaks to children, it speaks to even um, teachers and stuff like that too. To, you know. mm-hmm. Right. This film, like you said, Sam, it's. Ama- it's amazingly funny. It makes you laugh so hard, but and, also and so unforced. Yeah, it's effortless. It's not um, a comedy in like here's a joke that we're gonna make for so that the audience laughs. It's yeah. it's humorous in that like and kind I, of just finding yeah. like things about people that are funny. And or, I like, noticed that there's a lot of when I was watching in the theater, which was packed when I saw it, is people laugh at different parts. So I thought I was always interesting. Which I always like to listen to the audience to which parts they think are funny, which I parts which parts I think are funny. And again, a totally different thing from Three Billboards is a lot of the older people at Three Billboards, and then I was in the back. And then, but Neighbor was a much more younger crowd. But it's still interesting to see which parts people laugh at. Right, right. And there is some, there is some more kind of darker humor in this in this film. But there's also some more kind of just there is more kind of jokey, corny jokes mm-hmm. in it um, that people laugh at. And I thought that was interesting to see um, which people laugh at which specific jokes. I mean, the, the funniest part I think of the part of the movie is when she goes to the parking lot. She's like, oh, the place is, it's actually, what's it called? Like the deuce or something like that? Yeah. yeah. It's like the deuce is actually a parking lot, which That's is so, so like reminiscent of like me in high school where we'll literally be like, yeah, we're just going to meet at the parking lot and then we'll decide where to go afterwards. Right. And then you stay in the parking lot. For and then you actually hours. just stay in the parking yeah. lot. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think a lot of the humor, as you said, like people laugh at different parts. And I think it has a lot to do with people's different experiences through life. Like every, like all of my friends and a lot of people in the theater laughed really, really hard at Kyle. But yeah. the character of Kyle. Because everyone knows that's kind of everyone like knows Everyone kind of knows like a Kyle. That art bro kind of style. And, but I can totally see if my mom went to go see this movie, she would not understand. That character would just go right <laughs> up. She doesn't yeah. know 
anyone who is like Kyle, except for me. (laughs) (laughs) We are all Kyle. Um, Yeah, this movie made me cry a lot too. Like I cried for the last 10 or 15 minutes and then I cried for like 20 minutes afterwards because I don't know, like I I was just about to say because of a reason. I don't really have a reason besides just... um, Feeling so. The last scene's very uh, emotional. I mean, it's very. Yeah, it, it's, goes, a, it's she emotional. Goes through, she goes through a lot in that last little, that last little period, last kind of 15, 20 minutes of the film, and that's when she has to do a lot of her growing up. And it's very, it's very tough to watch, especially for someone who just has. I mean, just like us who just moved to college, and and uh, I mm-hmm. mean, that's not really a spoiler. I mean, she's in her senior year; she's probably going to college somewhere. Um, but. It, it, I feel like it speaks to us a lot because we're we have we all went through that same period where we're moving mm-hmm. to college. We had to grow up a little bit and kind of go through these. I remember my sister was very 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 emotional when she went off to college and she called my parents all the time. She also went to a school kind of like Lady Bird, not those farther away. I mean, I only went to State College, point five minutes down the road. So yeah, <laughs> but also it's just um, this was one of the first films, if not the fir- the first film that I've really seen myself reflected on screen in such. With such like devastating accuracy, like there, like the there are conversations that she has with her mom where like I swear word for word I've had the I had the exact same conversations when I was seventeen. It's, it it was like sh- shocking, and I half I think half the reason why this uh, emotionally messed me up so much is just like to just be affronted with like watching yourself on screen and be like oh my, I'm like that. That's exactly what I'm like. It's it's kind of disturbing. I guess I don't know. I mean, not in like a bad way, but just to I don't know. I don't. It, it's a great film. I I love every part of it. Yeah, and I think one of the another really great aspect of it is how much it focuses on Lady Bird's like class shame and how yeah and on her parents' economic struggle because that's something that is so often left out of children's movies. Well, not children. Well, children's movies and coming of age movies because they're kind of from the point of the kid, and mm-hmm. so you don't really get to see. The bigger picture a lot of the times a lot of the time and i think that's something that florida project did really well i think that's something that ladybird does really well too and i people i've heard people say that it's kind of overemphasized and it's too much or it gets um overplayed but i i think a situation like that you cannot overemphasize how much that looms over your head right and how much that defines who right. you are especially when you go to a private school yeah, a lot right. of people are super like, rich right like in rushmore which is right. A film perfect, that this is clearly yeah. related to, and mm-hmm. perfect parallel. Also, a great film. Right. Well, and also when you're t- when in your, your senior year of high school, when you're starting to explore colleges, and you have to really be thinking public, like, private, yeah, p- public, private, far away, out of state, in state, all of this. Religious, I, I remember, non-religious. yeah, religious, non-religious. I remember my senior year of high school being very stressful because it was the first time I actually had to think about like money and like <laughs> any significant way and the way that my parents spent money and being like confronted with that fact. And so I think they expressed that part of like growing up being a senior in high school very, very well because it seems like this is something new. I mean, it's not something, clashing isn't something new that Ladybird is thinking about because obviously clashing kind of comes up with you as you grow up in an affluent neighborhood when you're surrounded by affluent people. But it, I think, um, shows how this is maybe the first time that she's actually thinking really, really a lot about she might not be able to do some of these things that she really wants to do because of money. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's one of the things where, um, when we're talking about class struggle here, I think it's interesting because we're, we're also used to like class struggle, especially like in the Florida Project where it is kind of like an on the poverty kind of line there versus very high. But I mean, Lady Bird is not poor by all means. She's just in a 
she's in a middle class family. I mean, right. working which, class, yeah, yeah, working, working class. class Maybe right middle class, maybe below. I mean, Sacramento is not like a horrible, horrible neighborhood, not a horrible town. Right. No, yeah. And I mean, she lives in California, which everything is, ever been to California, everything's super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, she she's not poor. And right. I, and, and well, that, right. Not not in the same way that the Florida Project is poor. Characters right. are. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like she has she she lives in a house. She has her own room. But at she the same time, she, but her parents saw. At the same time, her parents saw her the money to get her a car or something like that. Right. And um, I think that's kind of the one of the ways. I think putting that in the setting of like a Catholic school is is really is really useful in this film because again you have those very extreme extreme riches. I know our our rival in high school was a was a private Catholic. Well, I wasn't private technically, but it was like get the plot to get in. But it was a it was a. Um, Catholic high school and we always we were a public high school and our, our main slogan was it was just public school and then we were just a public school and we were for everybody. <laughs> our we slogan made... was public school. <laughs> and, and, and we and I think the the thing is Well is that, you can at least say it's public. And that's the and that's the thing where I, I resonate with labor a lot is because I feel like she's a public school girl stuck in a private school like area, you know? And I always felt like that's kinda of where I connected with this film where I was like I always had a problem with private school kids and, and Catholic school kids. I don't know if you guys are either yeah, Catholic same. school kids. Who thought they were better? Are you really? I seem like a Catholic school he kid. Is. I'm sorry he if is. I'm offending you. He is. Are you really? I could not see it. No comment. <laughs> but anyway, like I always got that the gist where like some some kids from private schools thought they were better. They looked down upon mm-hmm. public school kids because they went to a private school and they their mm-hmm. parents had money and stuff like that. And I was like, we're literally the same person when right. it comes down to it. Right. But I also think it, it's different that that dif- it's different when you're talking about California and Sacramento because going to like a private school in um, Iowa very, is very different, different because I mean they say at the beginning of the film uh, her brother saw someone shanked at, at when he went to public school and yeah. like it's, it's funny how often they mention that <laughs> yeah. too yeah right I feel like that's something that would happen I feel like that would be that would happen to somebody in like an area and they'd be like oh we're never and i feel like that would happen somewhere in iowa like some some right. scared iowan family would be like well your brother got stabbed like you're never going back to school ever again right, right. we're homeschooling you right great film you should go see it i tell everyone i meet to go see this film i immediately after walking out i texted my mom which you didn't call your mom i didn't i didn't, <laughs> I didn't call my mom i i texted it would have gone to voicemail anyway. yeah. <laughs> true well, no, because the movie. And it's a good throw. And it, it is right. a good throwback to like that 2002, 2003 kind of nostalgia. I mean, we weren't really used to it, but we know it's like the day Matthews crashed into me. I thought I was like, oh, God, I, rec- I recognize that song from somewhere. And I know, like, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Dave Matthews band fan, but I know some people who are. And mm-hmm. I thought it was it was good to see, especially because it's kind of like a post 9 11 film, too. And kind of recollect. That, yeah, that was an interesting thread that was um, kind of throughout the film that I, I really, really liked was the. Um, post 9-11 aftermath and what yeah. like it's, kind of it, the, it's not really like a huge part of the film but it's it, the overall kind of alertness about yeah it she's really moving, she wants to move, she wants to, new to, move to new york and her parents are kind of like on the right. fringe and and it always like context recontextualizes this film in a very very specific uh moment in history and that's why i think this film is uh, kind of eternal like you know, some you could watch this in another 10 years and i think it would just have, have just as much uh meaning because it is so heavily like steeped in this 2002-2003 year and yeah it's really great um another thing i really i'm oh, sorry go nate go ahead well it shows you how good of a writer that Greta Gerwig is that she can weave all of these threads through the movie without ever derailing it like mm-hmm. you're you're never hit over the head with basically anything in the whole movie but there's so much going on and it's it's never um 
it's never too much and it's just perfectly written mm -hmm. yeah it really it is and one thing another one of these threads that i really appreciated especially as like a sophomore in college is um the the journey that ladybird takes from absolutely detesting sacramento and then when she is in new york and like calling um her her parents and like asking her mom when you drove for the first time in sacramento did you cry and kind of like not falling in love with sacramento but i but growing an appreciation yeah. for it growing an appreciation for where you grew up and how that made you who you are is something that i think is really relatable for anyone anyone that goes to college i'm just two hours away but i still feel so much more affection for my hometown than i did when i left yeah, and and that scene is a really good example of how Greta Gerwig uses um because because there's this really great cross-cutting in that in that Sacramento scene in the, at the end where her her style is never overbearing and it's never in your face it's always about the characters mm -hmm. but there's really great blocking in this movie in general and when there is um a over you know a obvious cinematic technique like cross-cutting it's used to such effect and it's just it makes so much sense and I which is why I think she's a great director already even though this is I think her first she co-directed a movie with Joe Swanberg it's her first couple it's years her ago, but it's, yeah it's her first yeah. solo, solo project, um yeah. yeah and she just has such control and she knows what she's doing and she's she doesn't have the um the anxiety that a lot of first-time directors have where they try to do too much or they they try mm -hmm. to sh um show off themselves rather than their characters but she she knows what she's good at and she just it's everything right to the last detail and it's fantastic mm -hmm. yeah i mean one of the things i also want to i mean obviously like emerging star shersha ronan too who's like just great to watch especially because she is like so heavy irish and like her like i don't know i really enjoy it when when uh especially Irish, British people do American accents because it's mm -hmm. really interesting to watch. And I, I and she's probably, so good. And she's so good. In it. She's yeah, so, it's so good. As like an Irish uh, 25, 26-year-old, yeah. she plays an American 17-year-old so <laughs> with, so well. Yeah. It's unreal. And, and it must be yeah. tough, especially for her being Irish. Like I guarantee you, I, I want to say probably the rest of the cast is American too. Mm -hmm. And it must be tough just as, as an actor to, to do that every single day and you kind of just... Yeah. Do, your, do your Gaelic after you cut, and then mm -hmm. you got to go back into, you know. Well, your... Actually, I was watching, and um, she was on Colbert or some night show, night night talk show. That was really funny that she was talking about her co-star who played um, her best friend, and her best friend was Jewish. The girl who played her best friend mm -hmm. was Jewish, and Saoirse was Irish, and so Saoirse didn't know the Pledge of Allegiance, and, her best, and the girl who played her best friend didn't know the Hail Mary, and so they taught each other. Like, Saoirse taught the Jewish That's actress funny. the Hail Mary and the Jewish actress taught Saoirse um, the Pledge of Allegiance because Saoirse didn't know it because she was Irish. And that's a cool, was, like, culture clash, too. Yeah, that was, it was just really funny. Also, Saoirse said she the only Pledge of Allegiance she knew was the one from School of Rock. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance to the band of Mr. Schneebly and to give him full creative control well, well, of everything you missed uh, something like that and i will not fight no, never mind <laughs> and i will, not, I, and I will I could, not fight him for yeah, creative control I, I could i could recite that right now but i will not because i have more things to say about ladybird um if you liked this film you should check out rushmore like i already said and edge of 17 from last year which is a really great movie with <coughs> another really strong lead performance but it's kind of Haley steinfeld yes but it, it kind of shows the flip side of ladybird where she's um she's well off she she has a, a pretty well-off family 
and it's mostly about um her learning to not hate herself so much um but it's a really funny movie i just made it sound extremely depressing but and she she's a she's a much more um harsh and um i'm trying to think of a word that's that i can use that's not a curse self-deprecating no like abrasive sure yeah um yeah and so check that out and i would actually recommend ladybird over the more acclaimed maybe um greta gerwig noah bomback movies because i think those are good movies but i think that ladybird is more generous and it has a wider um social view than those movies and i think that noah bomback's films tend to be Ruler to their characters, which works in a lot of his movies. But part of what I liked so much about Lady Bird is that it sees these characters in a complex way, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the more sterile, satirical view of Noah Baumbach. Yeah, more kind of like everyday. I mean, this this has everyday talk in it in Lady Bird, but I feel like I don't know. Lady Bird's is so much more funny, I think, mm-hmm. than any Baumbach film I've seen, honestly. And it's it's less mumblecorey than um, Francis Ha. Which isn't necessarily a problem, but um, that's one of the things that with friends saw that I kind of had trouble with. You can see Lady Bird. And it's not said. You know, I was gonna say, and it's not said in New York like all of his films are. So if you like a nice refreshing pace, that's not you know crowded city streets. That's another thing. When when the movie shifts to New York, there's a really subtle shift in color that just mm-hmm. has such an effect. Well, because that, that Sacramento, was, was all, all of the colors and it's everything like, is really, really sunny. Yeah. And you can, t- very, you like, can really tell it's in California. And, yeah, it, it's and like when orange it goes to versus York, green. Yeah, and then when you go to, Cal- when you go to New York, Gray. it, it kind of <laughs> it kind of shifts the way you think it would when you go from California to New York, I, I would say. It makes, it's not opposites. It's pretty much what you would expect, I think. Yeah. yeah. Go see Lady Bird at Film Scene. Definitely. It's It'll wonderful. Definitely be playing for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's amazing. Scott. It's a, it's a well deserved hit, and it actually and the little fun fact I'm pretty sure yet still the most reviewed or like the best the reviewed best film cri- the cri- most critically acclaimed film on Rotten Tomatoes of all time past Toy Story two or one I I don't know but it's, that's a pretty crazy stat that's mm-hmm. been I, I mean I saw that I was like that's pretty insane because Toy Story's been out I think since 1994 1993 and that's pretty crazy and it has, has over like 150 reviews all 100%. I'm glad this movie came out because after last year, there was not a lot of great films I thought last year. I think this year has, is redeeming itself, to be I honest. I think there was a lot of great films. There were good last films year. last year, but I feel like as a whole, there's a lot of good. I feel like there's a lot of better independent cinema this year. On that Just note, wait till next year. On that note, our favorite. <laughs> Just wait till next year, Nate Corey. Out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the new Jean Luc Godard film, which is the most True. important. And the new Wes Anderson film. True. On that note, I would say shift into our favorite films of the year that you should check out over winter break. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, my favorite films of the year were you heard Lady Bird, um, all the reasons we just talked about for the last 20 minutes. Uh, Florida Project, which we talked about a few weeks ago. I really like Get Out as well, which we didn't talk about because it came out at the beginning of the year, but you almost everyone has heard of it, knows what it's about should see it if you have not and also lady macbeth which came out over the summer and i don't think a lot of people saw it it only and it only played at film scene for about a week or two but it was really an excellent film that i recommend everyone see if you have the chance uh featuring a nominal performance by uh florence Pugh. uh i, I think that's how you pronounce P-U-G-H. it yeah Pugh. Pugh. 
Kuch. Kuch. Pug. Kuch. No. Uh, and it's phenomenal. And it's amazing that she's only 19 years old because she is so... I thought that was Haley Steinfeld the first time I saw it. I was like, why is Haley Steinfeld in this movie right now? I'm like, oh, nope, that's not her. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I would recommend those four films over winter break. Are those the best movies you saw in 2017? Those or? were the best movies I saw in 2017 that I can recall. Recall. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that right? came out in, tw- in 2017 at yeah, least. Yeah, it came out, yeah. Like, I had to like go back through like all there, the films. There, I, 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 saw a lot of, I saw a lot of great films in 2017, but these are the best ones that came out yeah. in 2017 yeah. that I saw. Um, for mine, I'm going to like do like a countdown kind of like Molly did. Um, but I'm gonna, yeah, I don't know if you did yours in any particular order, but... Um, Lady Bird like was Bird. first, and then after that, I, there was no order. <laughs> <laughs> I love to order things. I'm a big, like, lists guy. So because you're a man. <laughs> True. Can I have dumplings, please? <laughs> so. It was a. I'm sorry. I'm going to put five. This is just. I mean, you should see all these movies. They're all great. And some of them are on Netflix. Some of them are still in theaters right now, which you go definitely go check out. But number five, I'd put um, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which is a Netflix original, actually, by. Um, it's that's, got. It's actually. Wait, never mind. What? Never mind. I thought you were talking about something else. It's got Elijah Wood in it. No. Yeah, I thought you were ta- I thought you were talking about the Walking Phoenix movie, the Lynn, the new Lynn Ramsey. Yeah. So I I was like, wait, how did you that, see that? No, that's but, coming out next year. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Yeah. Sorry. But that movie is super good. It's super like, it's another kind of good class struggle movie. Um, did really well at Sundance. Um, at the beginning of the year, came out at the beginning of the year. Um, Elijah Wood is hilarious. He plays like this weird kind of like ninja star throwing guy and they go get revenge on these people it's crazy what and it's super good um i'd definitely go check that out um and then i put three billboards outside Ebbing, missouri saw the last night the comedy of that was like just right it's so dark the dark comedy is like just to the most pitch black extreme um i really liked it a lot um definitely go check out martin mcdonough's other films they're super good too number three i put florida project it was tough i was it was tough between florida project and ladybird but i'm gonna put ladybird at two just because it was more funny, I think. But both are really, really great films. Um, uh, and then number one, I'm going to put Raw. By far, <laughs> I loved Raw. It was so good. It threw me for a loop, and it was insanely stylized and just crazy, crazy cool idea, crazy, just a lot of craziness going on. And it's a horror. I don't, I don't know. Did you guys see it? Either of you two see it? No, no I know really? of it. I know of it. Oh, it's on it. Netflix. Watch it now. <laughs> Watch it. No, it's it's super crazy. It's like the trans. No, not like the Transfiguration. It has to do with eating people, but it's so crazy good. Oh my god! <laughs> in the end, just like blew my mind. Oh man. Sam is tearing up in the studio I'm just thinking up. about it. It's so good. It's crazy. Go check out Raw. That's on Netflix, actually. just came out on Netflix, so definitely go check it out. I'm going to yeah. give some honorable mentions, too. Also, like, It Comes at Night, which is which I thought was a really cool original kind of horror story. Um, uh, Step, which I thought was one of the better documentaries of the year, which almost produced a tear out of my, my eye. And that's probably it for my movies to see, my favorite movies of the year. As for, like, movies over to see over break, um, I don't know if we're still going to, like, throw out movies that are, are coming out into theaters, or do you want to let Nate say his favorites or... Let's do Nate says his favorites and then we'll we go can, back. Yeah, some movies coming out in the next month or two. I do not have a list of favorites because this being Iowa City, a lot of the best and most interesting movies of 2017 usually don't come out till like summer 2018 because <laughs> no one cares about us. So I, I'm going to put a hold on on my favorites of the year until I see more films. Yeah, and that's um, that, that 
we should have said that about our lives. That was like a tentative yeah. list that we still yeah. haven't seen. I still mm-hmm. haven't seen Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, and some other movies that be amazing. Hey, finish your list. Sorry, or finish your, your movies. Thought. Well, yeah, and so I was gonna say, um, I just have some some general suggestions for Overbreak. The first one <laughs> is um, David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks: The Return, which is something that I have very conflicting fe- feelings about. I kind of love it and I kind of hate it, but I think that you should see it. Um, it's definitely worth talking about with your friends. Hopefully you need to see it with a group of people and you're all just staring at the screen. Your, your face is like five inches away from your TV. The sound is blasted and it will genuinely frighten you and anger you and bore you and confuse you and make you laugh a lot. And kind of how, how Molly said that Lady Bird um, was a character that really made her feel seen. I really feel seen by the character of Dougie Jones <laughs> in Twin Peaks. If you've seen any parts of Dougie Jones or Twin Peaks The Return, you will realize how ridiculous of a statement okay. that is. That is hurtful. That's who I am. Um, And it was just named as Kai Du Cinema's number one movie of the year, which... It's a hot take. Yeah, which... which <laughs> People freaked out about on the internet, as people tend to do, saying it's not TV or it's not a movie or... It's a miniseries, man. But yeah, I I mean, I don't really care either way. I think it's really interesting. I think you should check it out, especially episode eight. If if you don't want to go through all of the trouble of the strangeness of the series, although I would say it's probably worth it. Um, Episode eight is a masterpiece. I said and masterpiece, but still... It's an um, episode eight is really good. Un- That's the only episode of the entire series I've seen, and it's really good. <laughs> it is a straight-up experimental film that was blasted into millions of homes at the same time from Showtime, which is amazing. And it's a great film, and it, it plays with the idea of the glitchiness of buffering in a really interesting way, especially for people who were streaming it, which is probably everybody. I don't think we know Showtime's a channel yeah which is probably so a lot of people are probably streaming it and so it looks like it's like going back and forth and like stopping all the time but it's just this really great effect I love that that's our like 21st century mind like wait a minute is Showtime a channel anymore (laughs) is HBO actually on TV Um, what is TV so so there's that there's Steven Soderbergh's choose your own adventure app slash TV show Mosaic which I'm about halfway through well I guess you can't really say in halves or whatever, but um, I, I finished one storyline, but I, it wasn't the one that gets you to the conclusion. So, <laughs> so we'll see what, what goes from here. And it's, I mean, it's Steven Soderbergh, so it's worth seeing because even if his scripts are terrible, which sometimes they are, his choice of framing and of blocking is always worth watching. And um, there's been some really great episodes of it, if you call them episodes, and some lackluster ones. But I'd say that's worth checking out because it seems... Like a, you know, it's a new idea and a choose your own adventure app as a way to tell a story with PDFs and YouTube videos, et cetera, et cetera. Very interesting. And Olive Signature just came out with a Blu-ray of Elaine May's A New Leaf, which is a really hilarious movie starring uh, Walter Matthau and Elaine May. One of my favorite love stories. So check that out. And my last suggestion for now, although I do have more, but I'll let you guys talk because I feel like I've been blabbering away for a while um is what errol morris named documentarian and wonderful filmmaker called his favorite love story the season finale of nathan for you 
I heard that's weird. Awesome. It is Incredible. amazing. It's really funny. It is one of the darkest and funniest and most disturbing things you will see this year. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's definitely one of my top movies this year. Isn't it awesome that like Errol Morris, Errol Morris watches Nathan for you? Yeah, it is. <laughs> you see Errol Morris sitting down. What and his, his all right time for my daily uh, dose of Nathan for you. <laughs> his essay on it on that um, on the final episode is really great. So you should you should check that out. And I mean all of Nathan for you. It's a fantastic show. So even though I hate TV, I shouldn't say hate. I'm skeptical of most TV. I just recommended three TV shows for you to watch <laughs> on a movie podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the lines are ever blurred. Um. I have some movies to watch over Christmas break that have a kind of slant because I'm assuming that a lot of people when they're home for Christmas break are around family. And so a lot of the films I have are kind of aimed towards familial viewing with very young kids, old people. And some of them are a little bit not appropriate, but you be the judge. So are, are these Christmas movies or holiday movies or just um, movies? Good there's movies. some Christmas movies. There's uh, A lot of them are not actually Christmas movies, though, but they are just good movies to watch with your family. And first one being Lady Bird. You go see that with your mom. Um, she never stops. Also, <laughs> a great Christmas movie I just watched on Monday. No, I was going to say this. Tangerine by Sean Baker. <laughs> I forget that it takes over place takes place I, over Christmas. It's, it's on, on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. I um would hesitate to recommend you playing this uh for children Anybody under the, under age, the of age of 14. 14, yeah. Ish. <laughs> but if you are all above the age of 14, then go for it. It's a very great film. And just I love it. Laugh your um, butt off. It yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic it's film. Um also, Howl's Moving Castle, which is like, oh, which yeah. is a Japanese film. It's a cartoon anime, and it's, uh, but it's really great. Kids will love it, but it's also adults love it. It's a great film. Yeah, great it's, it's my favorite Miyazaki film. I love the score of Howl's Moving mm-hmm. Castle. Great oh, yeah. score. Oh yeah. It's oh, yeah. it's one of those movies oh, yeah. where where you're just amazed by the imagination of the people mm-hmm. involved. Right. Just yeah. constantly inventing visually it's, and. It's based on a book. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I could be wrong. I thought it was based still. on a... Yeah, still. The person wrote the book. Um, I also work. recommend uh, the, uh, Francois Ozon movie, Eight Women, which is takes place over week. Christmas. I did talk about it last week on our mixtape. It takes place on Christmas, and it's uh, really great fun for the whole family in a similar vein to a movie like Clue, which I also recommend you watch with your family because it's all just fun. Um also, I recommend if you have uh, Do the Right Thing, really great movie to watch with your family. Uh, maybe if you have racist family members, it could start a fight. <laughs> um, singing in the Rain. You're just listing movies that you yes, like now. I am. I am. <laughs> I thought there was a problem with that. but uh, Singing in the Rain is a great movie because people of all ages love it. Gene Kelly and me share a birthday. Wow, that's actually really cool. I fwim, love... fwim, fwim. <laughs> no, I, I love Gene Kelly and Singing in the Rain. If, if Singing in the Rain doesn't put a huge smile on your face, I don't know if we can be friends. Yeah, Gene Kelly's got a killer smile. That, that's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my movies to watch over Christmas break with your family. And cool. Yeah. You want to hear some of mine? Of yeah. course. I, I labeled mine as movies to cuddle up with, whether it be a special person or your fam. <laughs> that's beautiful. And I think my first one actually it goes it goes kind of with the whole kind of coming of age, and also has to do with Greta Gerwig and why she one of the best movies I saw last year, 
20th Century Women. Yes. Which I loved and was hilarious. And um, I got really into Mike Mills. And I also really liked Beginners, which was um, on Netflix for a while, which I really liked. Those are two really cool movies that are kind of, they ha- they're kind of depressing at times, but they're also very funny at times. Whoa. <laughs> I just blasted my eardrums out. Okay. Um, and now, yeah, that those two, uh, definitely check out. Mike Mills is a really cool kind of, He's went through some really personal stuff um, through his life, and you kind of see it a lot through 20th Century Women and Beginners and stuff like that. Um, second one that we talked about, I made a pretty long list um, that we talked about on the show, Moulin Rouge. Can't <laughs> go wrong with a Moulin Rouge viewing over Christmas. Um, if you have any uh, aunts or uncles or anybody who hasn't seen Moulin Rouge, you slap that DVD in ASAP. Um, I, hope, I hope no one is slapping their DVDs anywhere. <laughs> as, as an obsessive collector, that makes me terrified. <laughs> My Moulin Rouge disc is indestructible. I literally <laughs> throw it from couch into directly in my Xbox and it lands in perfectly. Is that movie, everything about that movie is magical. Um, put Airplane down. I just realized that Airplane is now on Hulu, which is one of my, I love the movie Airplane. If you haven't seen it, have a good chuckle. Um, and some other TV shows. Oh, I'm just going to throw out some other movies in there. Um, I'm very like stream heavy. Because, I mean, I hate paying for, like, TV and stuff like that. And I also don't like paying for movies, too. If this biz, I use I use my Bijou card to get it for free. So, yeah. But, I mean, you should go pay for movies. You should support the movie industry. But not but the, the right movies, let me say that. You should go support You're... the right movies. <laughs> made by the right people. I'm looking at you, Miramax. Um, I'm pretty sure Mul- was Mul- No. Never mind. Never mind. But, anyway, other films... Um, Zootopia. I watched Zootopia recently around Christmas last year, and that's just some good classic animation. Um, and yeah, so classic from I know, last I don't know. year. <laughs> it's already a classic, instant classic Zootopia. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Welcome to the Breakfast Club. All right. Um, and I'm watching a lot of music documentaries lately. You should just watch documentaries in general. If you ever are tired of just fictional films, documentaries are great just to go watch and learn a thing or two. I just watched a documentary about the Grateful Dead. I hate the Grateful Dead and their music. I mean, I don't hate them. Wait, wait, wait. So you chose to watch like a five-hour documentary? I didn't watch Long Strange Trip. I watched another one. Oh. About um, Bob Weir? Bill Weir? I I don't really know because I've never listened to Grateful Dead, but I think it's Bob I'm not a huge fan of Grateful Dead. I think it's Bob. Yeah, Bob Weir. I'm not a huge fan. I know the other guy's name is Jerry Garcia because there's an ice cream named after him. Um, but yeah, I don't even like the Grateful Dead. Don't even like their, not really like their music at all, but it was incredibly interesting. Learned a lot about a very popular band in the seventies and sixties. So go check out a lot of documentaries cause I'm a very avid documentary pusher. Um, also check out the Christmas special of Black Mirror. That's a good Christmas, um, episode to watch there. And how long is this list? I'm almost done. Okay, Relax, okay. I have one more film. <laughs> and it's not even a film. It's a TV show. And it's Master of None. Because that's a great TV show. Cool. Come out fresh. That's I, I only, I've only seen the first two episodes of that, I think. But it's one of those TV shows that's inexplicably shot in a super wide aspect ratio to make it look like a movie. But it's just images of people talking. So it just looks really weird. It is, it is very... It is very like... We'll say something about now. Master. Obviously, if you know about Master Now, it takes place in New York. It's kind of like a, it's like if Aziz Ansari wanted to make a Noah Baumbach movie, and that's what it'd be kind of like. But it's, it's more kind of brash humor than it is kind of Noah Baumbach style. But what about some like upcoming movies? Like, so I don't, I don't get to have I don't get a oh I, I thought the, those four were just yours no well yours? I was gonna say Christmas movies oh Christmas movies 
what are your or holiday movies excuse me well it depends on which movie i i was specifically doing christmas movies oh okay you don't have any holiday movies i'm sorry well i mean any movie that is cheerful i guess counts as a holiday movie i'm specifically on the theme of christmas the the dark tumor of the american animus um (laughs) (laughs) on that note (laughs) obviously it's a wonderful life is a great film and it gets ragged on a lot for being sentimental and for being not cool, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's a, never been like, it's a wonderful life, not cool. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, but it's a genuinely great film. It's emotionally transcendent. And Jimmy Stewart gives an amazing performance with such intensity that I don't, I don't even know if... Uh, that was an incomplete sentence. <laughs> but there you go. Um, Eyes Wide Shut. Which is... Is that a Christmas movie? That is indeed a Christmas movie. The is last... it a Christmas movie just because it takes place on Christmas? No. It's all, I... about, it's all about family. I do remember it's snowing marriage. in that movie, right? What's that? I said, was it snowing in that movie? I remember some, it, maybe I some snow coming down. I don't think there is snow in that movie. That's but a there... very long movie. The other, the other rule. That is not... It has a... to be Sam, a Christmas every movie is long to you. <laughs> Everything is long. If it's not... If it's, it's not... Like, it's a like tight 90. <laughs> Get out of my life. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, possibly the greatest use of, of the Christmas aesthetic is in the last scene of Eyes Wide Shut. Um, the movie Brazil by uh, Terry Gilliam. Gilliam. Great film. I, I Came I, on the show. Not with us, sadly. <laughs> not with us. <laughs> and my family, specifically my mom, always watches the Scrooge musical with Albert Finney. And I think that's that's a good... It's that, That's probably my favorite version of the, of the Scrooge story on screen. What about the one with Kelsey Grammer? I don't. I haven't seen that one. It's bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's some great catchy songs in that. And Albert Finney plays like a 80 year old Scrooge and like a 25 year old Scrooge, different scenes, and he nails it. It's great. Shout out to my mom. Merry Christmas, mom. Shout out to Nate's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Nate's mom. Nate, what's your mom's name? I am not going to reveal that on the podcast. Oh, lame. Do it. My mom's name is Kelly. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any more Christmas movies, Nate? Well, we're going to... I always watch The Grinch, the animated one. Yeah. I don't know why I keep holding on words. I'm sorry, listeners. This is probably very annoying to hear, especially if you're wearing earphones. But I'm going to play a grand spot, and then we'll, we'll be back to discuss upcoming films over winter break. Support for Care UI is provided in part by The Mill. The Mill has been an Iowa City institution since 1962, offering dining and delivery, and is a music venue that highlights local talent and hosts touring performers from all around the world. Upcoming shows are on their music calendar at icmill.com. The Mill also hosts special events. The Mill is located on 120 East Burlington Street in Iowa City. Reservations can be made by phone at 319-351-9529 or by emailing reservations at icmill.com. The um, contract. Back. Ooh. So we all already said "Call Me by Your Name" is probably one we're going to be seeing over the break. I've been Hopefully, jamming to yeah. that soundtrack so Sufjan hard. Stevens, uh, "Mystery of Love" by Sufjan Stevens, hit me right in the feels. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love Sufjan Stevens. And Molly Haskell has a great review of "Call Me by Your Name" in the new film comment and online, so you should check that out. Also, speaking of, she just won a Lifetime Achievement Award from the New York <laughs> Film Critics Circle. And in, in honor of her over break, you should read From Reverence to Rape, The Treatment of Women in Movies, her seminal 1974? 
72. I think 74. Book, um, which I just started reading a couple weeks ago, and then she won the award probably because... You, be- you, you, yeah, you bought be- the book. It was just because <laughs> of me, yeah. It, that, that extra boost in sales. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's, it's a fantastic book. Will change your perspective on everything. 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 Um, so what, what, are, what are some other upcoming movies that we're looking forward to? Uh, uh, I, this one uh, is not it's um, it's not coming out uh anywhere around here over the break that's helpful where am i gonna see it <laughs> but i think it might be coming out in iowa city later this year i heard rumors but uh agnes varda's film faces places i'm really i really want to see it i'm i'm anxiously awaiting for some theater anywhere Just in the in the state of iowa to snag it up. play it i'm this is keep us on the down low, but it may or may not come to film scene in early spring 2018. Hot, but I, I I think <laughs> I think it opened in other places like two months ago. Yeah, Hot it opened dog. in New York and L.A. in like October. Yeah, but I don't live in. New so York if you listen, LA. yeah. So if you listen to Bijou Banjo and live in New York, in New York LA. Area. <laughs> hey, you never know. Check it out. You never know. Um, no, what one of the ones I was actually looking forward to a lot, but I thought was going to play, but maybe Nate can give me an insider tip here is killing of a sacred deer um right. by i don't want to mess up his last name i know his first name is yorgamos lanthimos yorgamos is that, is that his last name yeah lanthimos he's the uh, man who directed the lobster he's greek i believe i don't know it's a very greek sounding name so i don't want to make an <laughs> assumption but um but i'm really excited for that i'm super i think the trailer for that film much like the other movie i wanted to go see is this is the square are two really really good trailers about if you want to make a note about how to make a trailer watch those two trailers they give i feel like they give maybe nothing away about the film but make you want to go see the film so bad what are you showing us nothing okay <laughs> anyway the killing i thought maybe i thought film i don't scene was going to get killing i, it I would feel like i saw it if i feel were, like i saw a poster in the lobby of for killing the sacred think, deer and then i did not i don't know I, I it seems like it would play a film scene. They but did play it's the lobster. It's yeah. not on their calendar. They did play the so. lobster, so maybe. But that looks super cool. Um, Colin Farrell, who is also in the lobster, is in it. Um, I believe Nicole Kidman's also in it. Um, that yeah, and then, like I mentioned, the square, which I'm really excited for, just for like just its obscurity, and, and I'm just unsure what's going to happen. Yeah, that's I'll I'll probably see it, but I'm very unsure of what what, of what how what? it looks. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I think it looks hilarious sometimes i think it looks deeply stupid sometimes i think it looks tragic you know it's it's hard Mm -hmm. to tell yeah it could go any way another film i am a little excited uh, excited to see (laughs) uh loving vincent no comment (laughs) um Uh, listeners molly hates loving Loving vincent Vincent. the first oil painted movie of all time yeah we can we can talk about why you hate that after you say whatever you're gonna say well i was gonna say uh, michael hanukkah's new film that's coming out happy end looks interesting has isabella pear and it looks kind of like an interesting take on familial relations and how they how like a dysfunctional but dysfunctional family uh, operates i'll definitely see it for who pair i'm i'm not huge on hanukkah hanukkah I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen any of his films. Yet. <laughs> yeah. So, but that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially because L from last year is Hanukkah-esque. Hanukkah? I don't, I don't know. Esque, but I think did it so much better than, than he does. And Huppert was in that and she was amazing. She's always amazing. She deserved that Oscar, TBH. I thought she deserved the Oscar for L. Who won again? For 
Stone. Oh, yeah, Emma Stone. oh, Emma Stone. <laughs> Emma Stone was better. You think? I think so. I mean, I'm a huge like I'm I'm you I, you you want me to probably bigger La La Land like supporter than in the film department at in the University of Iowa than, than probably me, and I don't think she deserved that Oscar to be honest. I I thought she totally made the movie. I thought she was great. Really? I thought it was like a true like I classic mean, I Hollywood mean, her, star performance. It was a good performance, but I thought Elizabeth Hooper was better. Fair. She they're they're both great. And I thought and, that and it's the tyranny of the Oscars that makes us have to choose. Uh, yeah, right. And I thought um, I'm just getting mad now that uh, um, Annette Bening was not nominated even for 20th Century Women, which I thought was tragedy, criminal. Yeah, speaking of 20th Century Women, I hate um, people. <laughs> I know, I know that over the break I'm going to be watching as many Greta Gerwig films as I can. Yeah, same. Um, I haven't seen any Greta Gerwig films, and Lady Bird has made me extremely interested. Yeah, there you go. Um, I really want to see Damsels in Distress, which stars her, and it's a Whit Stillman film that I've heard's really good, and I love Whit Stillman, so I'm excited to see that. I'll probably pursue that over break. Yeah, I feel like there's some other good ones. I mean, I'm I'm also excited for. Um, wait, what? I feel like you were saying something, Molly, and yeah, we just kind of freaked out uh, about. We we're talking about Isabel Huppert. Yeah, Dead End, Loving Vincent. What, what were we talking about? I I I don't have I have anything to say except that Isabel Huppert is great. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's some other good ones out there. Like, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, Phantom Thread will be coming out, which is new Paul Thomas Anderson. And apparently, DDL's, um, you know, Lewis's last, apparent last film. Um, Every, everyone sounds so angry when they say that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And that's that's coming to film scene early January, I think. Or yep. maybe late January. I think it's early January. Right Look before. Out. Yeah, right before. I'm, I'm excited to see it, but it looks to be more in the vein of The Master and There Will Be Blood yeah. than Inherent Vice, which is okay and i a lot of people will a little less a little less kooky but you know yeah i i'm i'm a kooky guy as they say <laughs> and in terms of film scene events but also just in general film scenes playing playtime which on most days is my favorite movie for new year's eve um with along with the the countdown from paris so if you're in iowa city on new year's eve you should definitely go and if you're not you should rent playtime from your nearest library slash video store slash borrow it from me and watch it because it is the most life-affirming utopian movie ever made and it will send you beyond existence. That's quite the claim. But it, it will back it up <laughs> once once you watch it. Back, back, we'll, back it up. Will Sam not like it because it's more than 90 minutes long? Possibly. Yeah, it, it is It is over two hours. That's me, so. that's me going to every movie. Am I going to like this because it's only 94 minutes long? <laughs> we'll see. No, nope, Lady Bird was over 90 minutes long, so. <laughs> that's why it wasn't number one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Raw was over 90 minutes long, too, so. I doubt it. Maybe it's like a, it's like a tight 110, maybe, is my cutoff. I, no. But I, I, I'm such a hypocrite because literally some of my favorite movies are like Zodiac and like There Will Be Blood and, and like some like Amadeus, <laughs> which is super long too. Like those are some of my favorite movies of all. And I'm like, but yeah. there's some movies, it's because I've had such bad experiences with sub long movies like Endless Poetry where you're just like, like, ugh, come on, right? Like this is, this is too long. I, I think movies should be under 90 minutes or over three hours just to make it hard on for distributors to make there's money no off of them. <laughs> like there's, um, I think Goodbye to Language was like an hour and eight minutes or something. Yeah, it's like, it's 70 minutes long. Yeah, that's that's just great. You can, watch it, you can watch it three times in one day if you want. 
watch it three times in a row. Yeah. And it would be yeah. the length of one John Dealman. <laughs> I haven't mentioned Ooh, John which, Dealman in a few weeks. Which so. one? <laughs> which, which one would you choose? I mean, I know which one you would choose. I, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Those are, yeah, great films. We have about four minutes left. Should we discuss anything else? Should we just play a song and get out and come back next semester energized and back with a better show than ever? Yeah, I mean, we should just say our closing remarks. I feel like that'll take up the rest of the time. I mean, sure. Basically, my closing remark is definitely wherever you're going, go out and support your local independent cinema or just support cinema in general. If it's going like a Marcus Theater with your family on, on Christmas Day, I know the last Christmas Day movie I saw with my mom was The Wolf of Wall Street. Pretty disturbing. Um, <laughs> Uh, but what a good son to take your mom to that movie. I know. That's my mom wanted to go with me, but okay. But anyway, go out um, to wherever you're from. Most places will have your local independent cinema or even a movie theater in there. Just go out, watch a movie, watch anything, um, preferably with somebody, but it's also good to watch movies by yourself too. So you can, if you want to cry and don't want to be around anybody, that'll be fun. But go out. My number one thing, go out and support local cinema and just support cinema in general. And then number two is go see all the movies I mentioned because they're good. Uh, yeah, the holidays are a great movie time. A lot of great, a lot of movies come out during the holidays. I know movie theaters are really busy during the holidays, and a lot of families, mine included, have a tradition of Christmas Day movies. And so go see good movies that you like, that you want to support. Um, and for your your loved ones on Christmas. Consider giving the gift of cinema. Buy them good movies that you think they will enjoy and will change their perspective. Even if they didn't ask for it on their Christmas list. Yeah. Just go into, just go into a store that sells DVDs, like whether any, it be Target or whether it be... Any Goodwill has like a DVD for like a I don't know. Right. I don't know any person who would not be ecstatic to get a Jean-Luc Godard Blu-ray for Christmas. There's looking, probably not a single person on this earth who would, who would not directly enjoy. at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, my closing remark is: uh, See you next semester. Thank you, Molly and Sam. Yes, this is, this has been fun. Yes. Uh, lots of good movies, and then I'm going to play a clip, and we'll be gone. Where, what's our? It's a hinge. This is the hinge on your thumb. You just hinge out. And then hold that open for quite some time, and then close it, and then bring your hand down, and then do, do you recognize me backwards, right? And do that line. You see what I mean? We're gonna be saying so we're unfortunately and backwards. We're gonna play the whole thing backwards. We're gonna start at the end and go forward. On top of the lines backwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was Cheryl Lee and David Lynch on the set of Twin Peaks The Return. Goodbye! I forgot to turn on the music of the... That was... This is anticlimactic now. Goodbye. Happy holidays. Enjoy yourselves.
Tonight 